If you have your Bibles, if you'll go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 3. We're in a Proverbs series right now. It doesn't mean every week will be about Proverbs, but for a while that's going to be the plan. And this one in particular is so rich that I'm going to split it up. Um, And I have several, I would call them companion scriptures to go with that. Um, I invited you to start the new year off, to read through Proverbs as a body. Uh, One proverb a day because there's 31 of them. So you can read the whole book in a month. And then shorter months, you'll just have to add a couple of chapters there, but it'll be a blessing. And uh, But it's, it's really, really easy to read them. Uh, the the most difficult thing is what the the further you get into proverbs, each proverb can be can, can, can get in your mind, and that's a good thing. And uh, when I was studying to be a minister, uh, they gave us reading assignments, and I would one of the men that that that, that told me as I approached him about my reading assignments and and making my reading assignments he challenged me back and he said why are you doing that I said well because y'all require it (laughs) we had to make sure before we became ministers that we had read the bible through it's pretty good pretty good thing to uh, make sure you know the manual that you've at least read the manual right before you start telling anybody about it so I'm like y'all require us to and then he challenged me he said but okay when you get through with that I would love to see and know that you're not reading for quantity anymore, that you're reading for quality. And take a passage and learn it, John. See what it means and, and pray over it. And uh, even my son in, in his reading has challenged me because I've, I've always prayed. I, I mean, it's become a pattern for me to pray before I read, just very, very simply as a God. I'm going to fight for this because you know I'm not a good reader. I'm going to fight for this, Lord. But would you open my mind to receive it? Would, would, it, would it be like I, I've never been to the Holy Land, but could you like fill my eyes? I, I want to know. I, I love seeing information about a place I've been to because it's easier for me. Like, yeah, I know that. I know that trail. I know that waterfall. I, I know how that looks. I recognize that. I've never got to see it, the Holy Land. But I say, God, open my mind to see these things, even even just to imagine them. Let my mind, let, let things work out, because I need that to understand that I'm not a good reader. And then, but, but what my son challenged me, and he said, Dad, after I read, I pray. I pray before and after I read. I said, wow, that's, you know, the, 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 the word itself says that when we take the seed of the word into us, when does it say the enemy comes to steal it? Immediately immediately so just like that you you've taken the seed of his word you've prayed to receive it but wouldn't he like to just swoop down real quick and snag what he can so god seal it up inside of me i pray that at the end of a lot of messages god seal this word up inside of us amen it's powerful it's force so if we're reading these proverbs together um, at the end of the year, you could have read Proverbs 12 times through. You would, you would probably amaze yourself at how 
how uh, much of the word that, that you will know when you get these inside of you. And understand this. Let me say this about Proverbs too. Proverbs are not promises. God, it, God gives us a lot of promises, but you can't take every proverb like that's a promise for me, like long life, I, I'm going to live to be however. When he talks about long life, he's talking about that your day would be full. Every day that you live, you will live a full life unto him for that day, right? My daughter went to be with the Lord at 20 years old. I know what I'm talking about. She didn't have to grow to be 80 or whatever God had for her. I know that every day of her life brought honor to him. Do you understand what I'm saying with that? So you have to be, I didn't try to tear up anybody's theology or brain right now, but there's a difference between a proverb and a promise just by definition. Amen? By and large, if you do these things, statistically, these good things will happen to you. But every now and again, something changes and alters the course of that. Just like Miss Donna in the hospital. Just like Miss Donna losing a job. Just like Miss Donna hitting potholes in life. But just like Miss Donna praising God. Amen? Amen. So, I'm going to start in chapter 3. I'm, I plan to probably, I wanted to go all the way through it, but I realized it's impossible. It would not be doing this word, this passage fair to us. So I'm going to stop at, at verse 8 if I can help myself. Um, chapter 3, my son, do not forget my law. Now, these first couple of verses right here are, are to the young doesn't mean that you're young in age. You may be young as a follower of Christ. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Following God. That's what I'm going to be talking to you about this morning. Following him. Following God, following God is a trust thing going to get to that but following God is a trust thing now now the enemy is a copycat and there's something that that's very popular it's amazing how uh so much of God's principles they get hijacked along the way it'll sound like something new and fresh it'll actually be God's word they just forgot to footnote him so they get credit there's a big thing right now Social media, following people, following. That's the term. Well, who gave us that the first time? Y'all should know. Name starts with a J. Jesus. Jesus said, I'm getting big out up here. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Now, now the, the biggest thing you can do for status today is have what? Followers. It's a, stat, it's a status thing to have followers. Jesus started it. He said, follow me. People even use following somebody as status for themselves. And we'll take that like somebody else's platform and we're talking to somebody having a discussion with somebody and we start talking about that and we say well I follow this guy on this platform and this is what he says do you know that that's what you're really supposed to be doing with Jesus 
I follow this guy, and that's what he says. And if you follow what he says, the information that comes out of you is going to be golden because it's going to be his. Amen? My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. He's given instruction for your heart. He's given instruction for the toughest place that you've got inside of you. And, and I said it last or two weeks ago. I said that the, the thing about following your heart, you know, people say, just follow your heart. And I told you what I'll repeat again today. That's some of the dumbest advice someone could ever give you according to God's word. Talk about it in a second. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. He's got an instruction for your heart. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. What? Mercy and truth. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. What does that mean? Write them on the tablet of your heart heart it means that you've got to have some fixed and commanding principles inside of you that you fall back on i have to have something that that have written in my heart that when everything else happens i default to this they they are like default settings in my heart i know where to go when things go bad when things face down but when things, uh, you, you, I will never, I don't think, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if I ever do this, commit me. Because I do it, so, I mean, I, there's something that I do, I call on God when I'm getting in trouble. Okay? If I ever call on Buddha, commit me. It wasn't a mistake, I've lost my mind. I always call on God. If I ever call on Allah, commit me. Do you understand what I'm saying with that? That's written on the tablet of my heart. And there's room for nothing else there. But who is there? God Almighty is there on the tablet of my heart. And he said, write it on the tablet of your heart. It's interesting that he uses the heart as the place to harbor this thing. Because your heart does harbor things. Your, your heart is like a, a, a shelf. And I would, I would say more, more, more so a curio than a shelf. And then I would say more so a safe than a curio. And, more, and then I would say more so um, a vault than what's the last thing I said? A, a safe. So you understand, I, I, I'm trying to tell you that the heart has the ability to lock things away. And those things belong to you. And no one can break into that place and get those. So your heart has to have a tablet. And inside of that, you have some facts inside of you, some commanding principles that are fixed inside of you. Let not mercy or truth forsake you. Bind them on your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And, and don't, don't ever think that we're just breezing through. Don't, don't make the mistake of breezing through a scripture when he says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. 
He's not talking about mercy and truth. He's talking about mercy and truth. And when the Bible gives you order, it's for a reason. When the Bible writes something that says the first word first, there's a reason because it needs to be first inside of you. Mercy and truth. What he's saying to you, default to mercy. You got to be careful defaulting to truth because you're still human. You can, have, you can stand on your truth and without mercy, you will hurt somebody. Did you hear what I said? But if you'll have mercy first, you're not divorcing yourself from the truth. You're just going to mercy first. Let me give you a good example of that. Not everybody loves Pastor John. I know I couldn't believe it either. Not everybody loves me. There have been a couple times in my life where people had said mean things about me. There's been a couple of times in my life people have lied about me. Has that ever happened to anybody else in this room? Feels really good, doesn't it? I just I hadn't had anybody lie about me in a while. I wish somebody would just lie about me. It's just so wonderful when that happens. No, it's not. It's terrible. But somebody came to me with a lie that someone else said, and I just said, what did you say? They said, I said, that doesn't sound like the Pastor John I know. I was like, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. Somebody defaulted to mercy to me first. That, that is something beautiful in the body of Christ that he's given us. Mercy first. That, that doesn't sound like them. That, that's, that, that doesn't line up with their track record. I, that don't sound like the guy I know right there. I'm thankful for that. Mercy first. Because if, if, if we'll let mercy comes, come first, then when the truth comes along and it all lines up, be like, whoo. Ain't nothing nastier than a lie. You understand what I'm saying? That's not even what I'm talking about. But lies are nasty. Mercy first. Let mercy and truth be something that's written in the tablet of my heart, that's locked away, that's safed away. It's, it's not just in a curio cabinet. It's put in a vault, and it's inside of me. And I'm going to go to mercy first, and then I'm going to look at truth. And we're going to figure this thing out, but God's going to help me because I went mercy first. Because mercy is one of the things that God gives us. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Amen. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. How about that? God's principles will give you favor with him, but they can also give you favor with men. You see the order? With God first, and then man. I don't want to be, I, I don't want favor with man first and then God. If I get favor with man first, I'm probably not going to have favor with God because he gave an order. Me first, and then man. Amen?
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I preached that message months ago. Within the last year, I preached just these two verses right here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Trust. I told you when I started this, following, it's a trust thing. Following the Lord, it's a trust thing. Tell you what else following the Lord is. It's an obedience thing. And obedience can be the very toughest thing of all. Obeying. He said it's better than sacrifice because we'll try to sacrifice our way to the God. He said, no, 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 that ain't all of it. It's obey. Will you obey me? It, trust. If you trust, you'll obey. Something to it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So let's go to his definition. It's in Jeremiah verse chapter 17, verse 9. We learn something about the heart right there. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And then, colon, who can know it? Poses a question. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it so let me just tell you why i said that a minute ago whoever tells you just follow your heart the dumbest advice you can receive from somebody some of at least the heart is deceitful Above all things. You better not be following your heart unless you've given your heart to Jesus. It's got, it's got to be through, through His. So, so, so here's, a, here's a definition. Here, here's, here's, let me just tell you, sometimes there are some things that you only get a limited amount of information about and you've got to make a decision based off of that. There is enough information in that description right there to know from this point on, I've got to be very careful about my heart. If it is deceitful above all things, well, let's just put it on the list. If it's deceitful above all things, it's at the top. All things. So you don't have to wonder what order it falls into in deceitfulness. Your heart is a deceitful thing. It's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Let me tell you who can know it. God. Who can get tricked by your heart better than anybody? You can. This is good advice. This is good help for us right here. Sometimes you get just enough information to categorize something. You put it in that category and you have to operate from that limited knowledge. I'm always a proponent of, of knowledge because information, the better information you get, the better decisions you'll make. I always say that. You've heard me say that. Many times before, how many of you have ever made a decision, made a decision, and then all of a sudden some information came that, boy, I wish I'd have known that before. It would have probably influenced my decision, right? 
So, so, so it's true. So, so this thing about just following my heart, God's given us a definition right here to understand that my heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked. You don't even understand your heart. And somebody's telling you that you trust. Just follow your heart. You're going to need more luck when it comes to your heart. You're going to need the guidance of God. And he's given you a way to give your heart to him, and he'll help you with that, okay? So, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your pass do not be wise in your own eyes fear the lord and depart from evil it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones so i've got to trust god and in my trusting god i trust him to help me with my heart my heart needs help your heart needs help your heart is deceitful above all things it is desperately wicked who can know it? God knows it. Listen to his advice on this. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. That's probably as far as we can get as far as reading the scripture. But there are other scriptures, I call them companion scriptures, that are going to help us. So I want us to look at Ephesians 1.17. Because it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. I want you to look at chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That's, that actually leads to pride right there, wise in my own eyes. Verse 17 says, this is Paul praying for us. This is Paul praying for the believers. That's you and that's me. In his prayer, he said, I pray this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, wisdom first, and then revelation, because we know this about revelation. We've said this, revelation is not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. Okay, so wisdom first, and then he might turn something over for you as you, if you, you continue to seek his, his advice on it and learn his wisdom, and wisdom is how to apply things, and then he might reveal to you a secret that you need for a certain time. The, and the, the, the prayer is continued. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Okay, what is the, I'm sorry, go back to uh, 17 and 18. Bring those two together. There you go. Keep that frame right there. That helps me. That way I don't have to turn and waste your time so y'all can get to the buffet quicker. Okay. Thank you, Eric. Y'all should be thanking Eric back there. He's, he's making your life easier. And I'm, I'm draining time right now as I talk. So, Sorry about that little scary sneak peek into my brain. So you hold that, and I'm going to go back to Proverbs. Do not be wise in your eye, in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. And the prayer is that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Now let me give you what that word understanding means. In in 
chapter 1, verse 18 of Ephesians. That is translated into your heart. Your understanding, that word is translated from your heart. So the eyes of your heart being enlightened. My understanding. My understanding, my heart. How, how does that make sense? Well, it makes perfect sense to me. Where would, where would deception work out best to get into my heart and into my mind? Because that's where my decisions are going to come from, right? You ever, heard, you ever had somebody say, make a heart decision, make a good heart decision. Well, I need the eyes of my understanding. I need the eyes of my heart to be opened up. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory and his inheritance to the saints. So he's got things for you, but you won't get them on your own. He has to let the eyes of your heart be enlightened so that you'll know, oh, this is what you want me to do, God. You understand that? And when you find out what he wants, deception won't be in the picture anymore. Amen? That's a good thing. Okay. So. The eyes of your understanding, your heart. Your heart has eyes. So scripture that goes with it. We just went to it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Another one. My eyes have, my, my heart has eyes. Walk by faith, not by sight. Because your heart. You know why he says that? I, I love scripture. If you search it out, you, it'll, it'll make sense to you. The eyes of my understanding, my, my, the eyes of my heart being open. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Walk by faith, not by sight. He's trying to take vision out of it. Why? If you're not careful, your heart will hijack your vision. Walk by faith. Not by sight. Somewhere along the way, your vision gets hijacked by your heart. It's an unrepentant heart, a heart that's searching, a heart that's not satisfied, a heart that doesn't like what God tried to tell you to do. You say it's not possible. I've seen it. I've heard it out of people that warm church seats. And I tell them when they ask, what should I do? I say, well, the word of God says do this. And they say, that's too hard. I don't have anything for you then. I, I, that, I'm not going to give you better advice than God. I might give you softer advice than God. Now your heart is getting hijacked because you've given yourself an out to go around. You don't, you, don't, you don't go around God's word. You obey God's word. Followers of Christ don't go around his word. They obey his word. They trust his word. They follow him. Matthew 6, 22. In verse 23, don't tell me your heart can't be hijacked by your vision. What is Matthew 6, verse 22? 
verse 22 and 23 say. The lamp of the body is the... If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Deception. You know what it says about your eyes? What it says about your eyes? Your eyes have the ability to consume you. What I see with my eyes will consume me. He says, walk by faith, not by sight. Faith has the ability to consume me. But it will take me taking my eyes away from it. And grasping my heart back and taking possession of my heart again by submitting it in obedience to God so that it can't be hijacked, my vision gone, and now I'm just following something that is deceptive above all things, deceitful above all things, as dangerous as it can be. And I'm following that path? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. You can get off track very quick when you get away from God's Word at all. We were talking about accuracy with someone this morning, talking about accuracy being important at close range. Why is, why is accuracy in, important? When you need to hit a target, you can hit all around the target, but if you're going to hit the bullseye, you're going to have to become more accurate. But here's what happens. If we hit the target at this distance and then we just hit the target, we didn't hit the bullseye, take the, make, make more distance between yourself and the target, what you're trying to hit. Well, if you're off right here just a little bit on down the road, it's a lot of bit. Amen? So, I mean, if I take this angle right here and say, well, just, just go this direction right here. And this is the right way when I, I just say this way. Well, it doesn't look like much, does it? But put that on a world map. You'll be in Russia over here and you'll be in China over there. Because the further you get, and that's how we live our lives if we're not careful. Because the bullseye is the bullseye. And we need to be dead on that. Or he would say, hey, good luck. Just trust me and, and hey, uh, we'll get there somehow. Follow me. Jesus didn't say, uh, follow me and do the best you can. He said, follow me. One of the ones that followed him closest was Peter. And he had to tell Peter, get behind me, Satan. You won't follow me following anybody else. Can I tell you the difference in Jesus and church today? Just one difference. He's not looking for an attendance. Attendance doesn't bother him. Attendance bothers us. It doesn't bother him. Jesus had followers. 
he had disciples. He spoke a truth that was so hard. The Bible says about that time, he had said, if you drink my blood and eat my flesh, then you're my disciples. It said from that point, many disciples left him. Didn't it say that? Am I making something other sort of say? Many left him. And Jesus didn't say, hold oh, no, 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 don't, don't leave. Oh, oh, just give me one more chance. Let me work that back out. Let me make it a little softer for you. Jesus said, well, will anybody else leave me? Here's the thing about one way. There's only one way. The bullseye is only in one spot on the target. You'll only hit it if you hit it. If your heart is deceitful above all, if your heart is desperately wicked and the question imposed about it is who can know it, you cannot afford to be led by a heart that is not entrusted to God. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. He starts this whole thing out in Proverbs about the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord. And right here he gives you an incredible key. A couple. That's why I said I, I can't get past verse 8. All these will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Do not be wise in your own eyes. What you see has the ability to consume you. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Pull up Job 28, 28. Book of Job 28, verse 28. Right there at the end of it, it said this. And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil, that is understanding. Companion scripture right there. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. To man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil, that is understanding. Do you, do you know how much room he gives you for evil in your life? None. The only association that we should have with evil is as we're evil's back there and we're that way. And okay, evil popped up. Can I give you all a lesson from the woods? Okay, here it comes. I got zero permission, but I'm going to do it anyway. I love the woods. I love talking about them. Deer. The young deer are curious. They'll come up. They'll look at things. They will smell things. They will notice things. You can even give yourself away sometimes. You can make a noise at a deer. And it'll look at you. And it'll do all that stuff right there. And next thing you know, it's walking towards you. 
because it has not used all of its senses. If it could get downwind of you and smell you, it would know. Then it would be like, I'm sold out. But at a young age, it tries to figure it out. The older and more mature that deer gets, the quicker he turns and leaves. The quicker he turns and leaves. This year, this season, just two months ago, I killed a really nice 10-point buck with my bow. Yeah, I thought so too. The spot was so good, I went back to it the next day. I was convinced another buck would come in there. Now, hunters know 10-point bucks don't happen all the time. But I was so convinced that that was not the biggest buck. I went back the next day. And almost the exact same time, a bigger buck comes. Same way. Same place. And I drew my bow. And I've got my bow all the way back on that buck. And he has to make one more step. Only one. But the way he was positioned, he had brush in front of his vitals. Just a little bit of protection. I didn't want to shoot him like that. I wanted to have a good, clean Ethical shot. And as I'm looking at him, all of a sudden, he does like that. He just picks me out like that, and he's gone. I mean, gone. And I'm sitting there. I'm at full draw. All I've got to do is just hit my release, and it's over. That's all i got to do. And he sees me like that, and he's gone. He didn't smell me. He didn't get all of his senses. He saw just enough to know, I'm out of here. That wasn't here yesterday. That doesn't look right. I don't need to investigate it. I don't need to take another step. You know what another step would have cost him? Whew. Guess what we're having for dinner, babe. I'm telling you, we need to mature in the Lord. And to depart from evil. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil, that is understanding. Not for me. Not for me, right? You know what I'm talking about. Not for me. Don't get curious. The second, you, you've got to understand this isn't your wife's heart. This isn't your husband's heart. This isn't your child's heart. This is your heart. And your heart is deceitful above all things. It is desperately wicked. Can I tell you, if it's desperately wicked and it's deceitful above all things, if, if it's evil, you know what your heart is going to be attracted to? What it is. Your heart has to be given to God, submitted to God, or you'll find yourself the victim of another one of the enemy's arrows piercing your heart, and you'll pay the price. And I pray that it's not an ultimate price.
Christine, will you come? A lot more to say about this chapter. It goes in a completely different direction than you think it's going to go. Completely. And it's a great direction. And I can't wait to talk about it. But my heart has to continually come back to him. I was in a conversation about the psalmist David with somebody. Actually, it came up a couple times this past week with different people. We talked about David. Man, we sure learned about David in Sunday school being a whole lot better than he was with all of his life because portions of his life were, were beautiful. Portions of his life were just so good that you could teach them to children. That's what you could do. But there are portions of his life, if you taught them to a child, you'd scare that child to death. But this is what the Bible said about David. He said, I, I found David to be a man after my own heart. How does that work? I'll tell you how. Because when David sinned in his heart, he was very quick to turn back to the Lord. That's the difference. So many other people that failed the Lord in your Bible. Even look at the man that wrote this, Solomon. I got a question for Solomon. You wrote all that, you knew all that, and then you acted like that? You know what that should tell me? I better be careful. I be, this isn't about becoming the smartest person in the room. This is about becoming wise enough to know what he says is what I'll do. And that's all I got to do. Obedience. Trust. Obey. Not the easiest thing to do in any situation. But with God, you can. You can trust Him. There are songs right now that, that have become so popular. Good, good Father. Y'all know that song, Good, Good Father. You'll, you'll see it in music videos. Good, good Father. You'll see young people crying and, and praising God. A good, good Father. You know why? Because a lot of them had a father that was not a good, good Father. They finally found one that was. And it resonates inside of them. So it is true. So there is a good father. You can trust him. You can trust him with your heart. And let me tell you this. You need to. And if you're going to follow him, you have to. I'm not spreading new knowledge to you this morning. I'm just letting you know, reiterating what the word says. My heart's deceitful. Is it anybody in here could admit say, I'm the owner of a deceitful heart. I, I'm the owner of a desperately wicked heart. You, you know, every time you hear somebody announce, well, you know, we're just, 
We're just so glad to have Dr. Brent Belk in our presence today. Dr. Brent Belk in our presence today. You ever hear somebody announce like that? We're, we're, just, we're just graced to have his presence with us today. Come bless us with whoever they introduce. Guess what he's got? A deceitful heart that is desperately wicked and we're oohing and aahing over him. Oh, oh. It's really quite comical and it's also quite scary. I don't need Dr. Brent Belk. I just need Brent who submitted his heart to God. And his life shows me. Your life shows me. You are a leader because you're a follower. I can tell you're following because it's not that hard. You're talking.